This week on Inside Jobs, the secrets of the Nazis. The Nazis relied on military might and a corporatist state to build their war machine, carry out the Holocaust, and expand their empire. But the combined forces of the Soviet Union, the UK, the US, and their allies were able to prevent these aims. But just what was the Nazi plan for world domination? And did it involve the supernatural? Joining me to discuss Hitler's plans are civilian investigator Eugene the Fowler O'Neill. Yep. And conspiracy expert Lee Golden. Nazis. I love hating these guys. I'm historian <laughs> Brian Lane. Welcome to Inside Jobs. Well, we're back, boys. We're back with our favorite bad guys, the Nazis. Yeah, it's kind of, we're kind of like a um, Indiana Jones movie in that we realized that marijuana wasn't a great villain, <laughs> so we just brought back the Nazis. I mean, it is truly a fortunate thing that the Nazis existed. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Because just look at all of the great shows and uh, podcasts and films that we have because of them. True classics. Yeah. They're up there with zombies and um, vampires and aliens as, like, top bad guys. All right, Lee, I'm going to allow you a moment to retract that. What's that? I'm going to allow you a moment to retract that comment. Comparing bad guy Nazis to bad guy aliens is basically ridiculous a nazi is so much better a villain than an alien well they're in the top five is what i'm saying well there is the movie um alien versus nazi followed up by the lackluster nazi versus predator yeah well christian bale dropped out so uh first of all before we get into nazi shit i just want to apologize to everyone that we had no microsode last week there was a technical error, and we lost uh, an audio file, and it was basically imp- impossible to produce the show. Yeah, uh, it was basically uh, Brian's fault. Yeah, it was. It was basically if you if you look at the three of us, I don't want to assign blame, but because <laughs> we, you look we at all the... we like ducks, we all fly together. But <laughs> right now, I'm kind of doing that little head pump thing at Brian, like. <laughs> This guy over here. Anyway, uh, we 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 were able to tell this to our Twitter followers, but follower, I uh, yes, it's just me on my other account. (laughs) Uh, But uh, but yeah, if you don't follow our Twitter at Inside Jobscast, you wouldn't be able to find out about announcements like that. So for the next time we screw up, why don't you follow us on Twitter? What was the reaction? Follow that shit. Yeah. what, (laughs) What was the reaction like? Brian, as our Twitter uh, follower. Uh, one person yelled at us, but he didn't seem to be serious. Oh. He sent you a scream ale, is what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's basically the reaction. Well, <laughs> we, should, we should just close up shop. My friend who suggested the episode, which was the death of Marilyn Monroe, uh, when I told her that we couldn't release the show, zero reaction. <laughs> <laughs> This is this going to be like those doctor those lost Doctor Who episodes they keep teasing us about, like the lost Inside Jobs episode and teasing us about behind? or threatening us with? Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I think I'm not going to watch that shit either way. I mean, I think it's going to be our version of Too Much Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Bravo! <laughs> like, could the lost Orson Welles film have had a funnier title? <laughs> 
I know. I feel like he's trolling us. Like, yeah, trolling from beyond the grave. We need. Uh, I guess Brian, you would do this. We need to find. Was Johnson a slang term for penis back then? God, I I read an entire like on the New York Times. I think you uh, read an eight page article in the New York <laughs> Times on this very subject. The etymology of dick words. No, about people arguing over whether or not it meant Johnson in the comments. Uh, oh. I would advise anyone uh, who has access to the internet, um, which you obviously do because you're listening to this, to uh, search for my video, The Stroke of Dick Johnson, which yeah. is um, about uh, the ninth president of the United States, Dick Johnson, yeah. or ninth uh, vice president, sorry, Google, vice president of the United just States. Just do a Google image search of Stroke Dick Johnson. It'll, <laughs> it'll be one of the, uh, it'll be like page 20. You just got to scroll right. down. Yeah, actually, search that and then search my name. The first thing you'll see is me jerking off. The second thing you'll see is my video. Hey, now. So to summarize, uh, we're very glad that Orson Welles' lost porn film surfaced. (laughs) uh, And we're very sorry that we lost last week's episode. Yeah. Uh, But I think it's time to really dig into these bad guys known as Nazis. All right. Kind of depends on your perspective, though. Uh, whether or not we're going to dig into this subject or whether or not they are bad guys. Uh, whether or not we are going to dig into the subject. Yeah, we could just talk talk more about Wolfenstein. We could like just we did. lightly skim the surface. <laughs> yeah. I like, we recently got uh, an iTunes review, which, thank you, fan. Uh, but it was just like surprisingly detailed information combined with dick jokes. <laughs> that and sounds I, kind of like us, yeah. And it's 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 as if he's saying the show has too much Johnson. <laughs> uh, okay. Yes. Uh, I think we should um, we should dig into this just like the Nazis dug into Antarctica to find evidence uh, of the fact that Aryans were descendants of ancient <laughs> Atlanteans, which is something that I uncovered in my research. Is that uh, the Nazis thought that they were descendants of the Atlanteans, which pretty much proves that everything in the game Indiana Jones and the fate of Atlantis is absolute truth. Sounds 100%. like the Nazis dug into Antarctica, much like you dug deep into the archives, Lee. Oh, man. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, well, exactly. uh, we've we've talked about uh, we've done uh, in all in in a short 19 episodes and a handful of micros. We have dug into the Nazis. <laughs> a have handful gone back- of micros. Uh, that's Gene's. That's Gene's wildest dream. <laughs> also, his uh, debut album, <laughs> Gene O'Neill, handful of micro. I thought that was that spaghetti western that he starred in. Guys, let's. Uh, be- that's the good, the bad, and the micro. Yeah, let's be real, guys. There's no such thing as a handful of micros. <laughs> I'm sorry for a few micros more. That's yeah, what it that was. would be more micros than there are people on this earth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we've got we've gone to the Nazi well uh, quite a few times, and it is very interesting. But sort of one of the things that we've established about the Nazis is that uh, there were evil people, which we were pretty much the first to point out. Uh, <laughs> but also that the the Nazi ideology is really peculiar once you start digging into it, because it's it's very much influenced by kind of twisted. Mytho- it seems a little odd once you take a look. At it. <laughs> On well, the surface, a... it seems like any other regime. <laughs> well, for a polit- political ideology, it's Republicans, so in- Democrats, Nazis. I mean, they're just, this is just words. But v- Vote them all out of office, I say. Yeah. <laughs> Term limits. 
<laughs> Rand Paul 2016. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no. But it's, when you it's, look it's, closely, shit. There's... It's a peculiar political ideology because so much of it is influenced by uh, Hitler himself, who was very interested in art and mythology mm-hmm. and history of romanticism, opera. It's hard to it's hard to point to another political ideology in the 20th century or even throughout history that was as influenced by opera as was the Nazis. Yeah. He um, loved Wagner. He was a young young boy, maybe 10 years old when he saw his uh, his first um, Wagner uh, opera and it was an obsession that continued um, you know as he grew older and you know uh, music and art of that style that didn't have a lot of um, intellectualism to it it was just kind of heroic basically romanticism romanticism yeah and that was the kind of art that he embraced and endorsed and in fact when he became came to power the only art that he allowed to to happen um and i think that one of the reasons why the nazis are so good such good bad guys is that they're Wait, so there it is dramatic. lee just lee just praised the nazis yet again yeah, yeah. why they nazis were, such... were well, nazis were great at that yeah they that, were great at that come on good bad guys they were great bad guys yeah <laughs> exactly um you know just like the, the uniforms the buildings i mean just like the design of um it was designed to to just dominate the senses um yeah. and... there's this very interesting um uh book called something i think it's explaining hitler by ron rosenbaum um and it's it's sort of like a historiography of of adolf hitler the ways that um historians and academics and lay people have thought about hitler in their attempts to explain what he did and uh, some of it gets into the fact that like uh every explanation of hitler you know says more about the person doing the explaining than about the actual historical figure. So, yeah. uh, you know, if you, if you, if you just, uh, if you just dismiss him as crazy, then, then you're crazy. Well, no, it's just, you're not, you're not willing to, to delve deep into the, to the fact that this kind of thing can happen, uh, has definitely happened and possibly could happen again. Or, yeah. uh, if you, if you attribute sexual dysfunction to him, then are you saying yeah. that sexual dysfunction is the is the source of all uh, sort of problematic yeah. socio yeah. sociopathic uh, behavior? Does that but mean you that say your, a sex, guy... your sexual dysfunction is basically the reason you wrote that Hitler biography? <laughs> right. Uh, but but uh, one of the one of the very interesting things is this art critic who uh, takes a look at Nazis and a lot of the things that Nazis did and uh, sort of interpreted it, uh, you know, not definitively, but sort of loosely as an artistic project. If you look at a lot of the things that the Nazis were doing, there is, uh, and, and, and I'm not talking about specifically aesthetic things like the design of uniforms and buildings, et cetera, or the use of sim- symbology, but it's more the, the, the manner about which they went into things so his Mm -hmm. example that he used was looking if you look at a concentration camp arbeit macht frei that that phrase that means work will set you free that that adorned the gates of auschwitz and other concentration camps is basically an an aesthetic choice uh uh that is almost a joke and uh his, his interpretation of that was that there there was this sly artistic sense that Hitler had uh, that filtered down to everything else that the Nazis did. And it was less about efficacy in 
pursuing the goals of world domination and killing all the Jews, but rather the the form and the manner by which they went about it that seems right. to be important. So it, it's kind of an interesting thing, and that book is actually really fascinating. So if you if you're interested at all in any of these subjects, I would really recommend it. But uh, but but yes, Hitler Hitler's aesthetic sense uh, influenced so much. He was, uh, as we said before, he was born in 1889, raised kind of impoverished in a backwater called Linz in Austria, uh, mm-hmm. and then he moved to Vienna where he was able to experience fine arts. Um, he was able to go to the opera all the time, paying very low fee to stand throughout these Wagnerian operas, which are just hours mm-hmm. and hours long. Uh, going to the fine art museums, bawling his eyes out. <laughs> yeah, and the, the opera is, and then is later kind of, bawling his dick out. <laughs> the, the opera is the ultimate multimedia art because there's music, there is action, there is um, paintings well, well, in the background, there is uh, sure, and that, that was costume, par- fashion. That was, that was part of Wagner's aesthetic uh, project when he made the Ring trilogy. He called mm-hmm. it the Gesamtkunstwerk, the complete artwork, the complete expression of the artist. Both, you know, visually, sensorily, orally, all these things. It was a real complete thing. And, and that's a, a lot of that is what drew Hitler to it. But also the, the kind of romantic folkish, which, uh, the, the German word folk, it kind of, it kind of has entered English as folk, but it, it has a lot of different meanings. Uh, yeah. Literally the, means the people, right? Yeah. It's, it, well, it, it kind of, but it also means like the soil from which the people yeah. came. Of course, being just... Germans, right? It has to not just be the people, but some super <laughs> right. complicated thing that incorporates the historic, the history of the people in the people. Right. Exactly. Well, that, pastoral... That's what all German words do. Right. Like, oh. Scheisse is not just the thing. It's also yeah. the act of, of secreting of oh. the earth itself and Every, everything else. Anyway, yeah. Well, pastoral so art is is like such a big part of the the, the Nazi aesthetic. It's just like this idea of simple people t- uh, tilling the land without any machines. Um, and you know th- that was the thing is is he really wanted um, people to buy into this sort of modern myth of what the German person was supposed to be. And a lot of it was a reaction to um, the fact that. Germany was a hub of all of this kind of expressionist new art that was happening in the post-World War I era. And during the sort of Weimar Republic era in between um, the, uh, uh, you know, Bismarck and and Hitler, um, there was a, a, a kind of backlash against this art where people thought that this was degenerate art, that was the music, the jazz music was influenced by Jews and black people. The work of, you know, Mark Chagall was, you know, a Jewish degenerate infestation. The films of Fritz Otto, Lang was... Otto was, Dix. Was, and, yeah. Yeah. And the man, um, the man brothers, the writers, and Bertolt Brecht, and all these people. And the art that, uh, you know, Hitler commissioned was all very, you know, um, classical. It was influenced by the, the Romans, like Arno uh, Brecker's statues um, that were, you know, associated with a, a lot of um, Albert Speer's uh, architecture, where they basically just looked like these, you know, Roman statues. They, they uh, um, believed um, that... The, the the modern art aesthetic, you know, was um, expressed a diseased eye. That mm-hmm. this kind of diseased um, view of the world was somehow um, 
infiltrating um, the 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 art, um, and it was um, based on this um, author and critic named Max Nardau who devised this theory that was called um, Intartung, I think it was, and um, it basically said that um, that the atavistic personality traits could be detected by scientifically measuring abnormal physical characteristics. Yeah, it's, that, I mean, this basically it's phrenology, but expanded yeah. out, and 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 it's sort of this idea: the racism of the Nazis was not uh, maybe not what we think of as racism now, but it was it was it was. Related to uh, the fact that there were uh, strat- there were stratifications of the, of different races that existed, and the the way that the that blood was passed on, especially during intermarriage or interrelationship, uh, could uh, corrupt uh, the blood of you know strong Aryan people or right. or, 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 or uh, Scandinavians, um, and that this that this subtle influence would greatly erode the productions of Aryan people. So in the arts, in uh, literature, in, uh, you know, visual performance, etc., the influence of, you know, lesser race blood and blood mixing, uh, their opinion was that this was causing cultural artifacts to uh, be contaminated in a way, too. And, I, and I'm sorry, Gene, I think you got interrupted briefly. Not oh, yeah, sorry. Like four, I don't, I don't even remember ago. what I was going to say. I was probably going to make some <laughs> stupid joke. <laughs> oh, it sounded like you were like on the money about some fact. I but, mean, um, I probably was going to be on the money, but yeah, well. But we needed to rant about Nazi art for like ten minutes. Yeah, and, sorry. That's, it's lost but, to time. But that's, I mean, that's that's sort of a, a real, uh, you know, oddly fundamental aspect to the entire Nazi you know, uh, outlook and, and I, ideal. Um, uh, if I could interrupt and make a, 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 a his, my own historical connection, um, given the tumult of continental Europe at that time, and Brian, surely you could speak to this. Um, it reminds me of uh, kind of the climate of ancient Greece, which was just kind of beset by constant infighting and invasion and uh, displacement by uh, natural disaster. And I'm talking about, of course, over, you know, uh, a scale of a few centuries, but um, with the uh, the with the Athenians, they cultivated this myth that they were autochthonous, that they were people literally born from the land. And when you had all of these different groups just in constant contention over the smallest bits of territory, I guess it seems like a natural thing to connect your blood with the soil to have like a forge a biological connection with this small tract of land that you're fighting for and that's just what it reminded it reminded me of sure and 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 it's true of a, of a lot of um artistic rep- representation of different european cultures during the 19th century specifically in romanticism it's huge in russia if you look at romantic russian uh, literature like um Pushkin or um, Lermontov. Yeah, no one's uh, gonna. No one's gonna be looking at that. But. Yeah. No, yeah. Take a look at that. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> I'll just. Everybody. Maybe I'll just skip this entire comment. Um, but, but a lot, a lot of, a lot of that ideology in the early 19th century was really related to that. You know exactly how 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 Gene sort of characterized it. This uh, this feeling that the people are of the land and um, uh, this was really embraced by far right. 
uh, far right political groups following World War One, such as the German Workers Party or the Nazi Party. Um, and uh, the Nazis actually, as they expanded, took advantage of other myths of, of fascist and right wing um, uh, parties in, in other countries in order to get them to help them out. So like in Hungary, you have the the um, what is it? I think it's the Black Arrow or the Black Cross uh, fascist party that also yeah, believes, Black Cross. Yeah, believes similar things about the Hungarian people. Uh, Romania, you had the same thing. Uh, Croatia, all these other countries uh, believed in similar things. I actually think it's the Arrow Cross Party. I think it's both. I think it was like a cross that yeah. had arrows on it. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember. Uh, probably the first error I've ever made when it comes to Nazis, <laughs> except for trusting them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 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 so that's one aspect of of what we're going to talk about. Uh, a, a, another aspect is the. And this is actually like pretty widespread in contemporary belief about the Nazis, uh, is that their reliance on occultic belief, yeah. uh, in order to perpetuate their interest in world domination. And like Lee said earlier, they did do some, some very peculiar things like go to Antarctica or go to Tibet. Um, but it's permeated the, popular culture. I mean, Hellboy, <laughs> Indiana Jones. Sure. All these, you know, crazy scenes where like Nazis are trying to do all this like spiritual occult shit and bring on all this divine power. And although, you know, they never succeeded in that, obviously. Well, they made it so to the So that moon. part of it is fake. They actually did try to do that stuff. So that stuff is not quite that far away from fact. Right. I, the point I was trying to make is that the belief kind of implies that it was happening all the time. But in history, it, it it wasn't happening all the time, but it was like they were spending money on some of these, yeah. like money, time, and manpower on some of these outlandish beliefs and, and pursuits. So, uh, and 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 they were all astrologists too. Well, all... you know, some of them were. I was I, I wanted to really mention Goebbels he- wasn't. He used he- it for he- propaganda purpose. Right. I really wanted to mention Heinrich Himmler. Yeah, Himmler is, was huge into it. And so like, was um, yeah, the face. Pass. Yeah, he was like the face of. Uh, the occultic branch of, of Nazi belief. And so Heinrich Himmler was this, head of the SS. Yeah. He was this kind of failed chicken farmer. <laughs> it's not a lie. What a sad thing to be a failed chicken farmer. <laughs> I mean, like failed artists. He really Lee showed Hitler's those like, chickens. That's really tough. <laughs> it's hard to be an artist. And I can see why Hitler failed at that. But you, like, you couldn't, the chickens died. They couldn't get out of the eggs. I mean, what the fuck was that? They happening? couldn't get out of the eggs. <laughs> How fucking hard is it to throw some feed out occasionally, and then like collect the eggs? Like I, I, I picture I'm... Himmler living like on a very windy farm. <laughs> He's trying to throw the feed, and it keeps blowing away, <laughs> or right into his stupid face. His stupid Himmler face. Man, he had a stupid face. He, no face chin. That, that's like one of the things where you can, when you have a bad feeling about somebody, it's often because they have no chin and Himmler's chin. We apologize to our chinless audience, which is about ninety nine percent of our audience. Well, Toby Jones, well, I'm really sorry. If if the if the wide ranging O'Neill clan is listening, I apologize, you chinless fucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, Lenny Riefenstahl famously filmed the Eugene Olympics of 1933, um, <laughs> or the O'Neill Olympics of 1933, um, which is another example of. Um, I can't tell if know. Lee is aware that we actually had O'Neill Olympics. Oh, yes, he's aware. I am. Yep. <laughs> yep. You mentioned uh, that on some other on some other episode. I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Well, 
Well, the Nazis sort of had the gamut because they had Himmler no chin up to Goering several chins. <laughs> so they kind of had it covered. But Himmler, Himmler was a failed, as I said, failed chicken farmer. And he, uh, and he, uh, joined the Nazi party very early on and, uh, worked his way into the SS. And the SS were kind of a, a bodyguard for Hitler, but they eventually expanded because of Himmler's ruthless, yeah, just sociopathic ability to, uh, to consolidate power and um kind of so a reactionary S- yeah a little bit a little bit and they're famous for the the little um symbols those like two little kind of s symbols that are on all their helmets and tattooed on all those and th- that was pagan uh symbology uh, runes, and, yeah yeah like those, pagan those, symbology a lot of people think a those are part of it a lot of people think those are stylized s's but they they're actually, not they actually aren't they are runes uh as uh as lee said and uh, so that was just they're a all trained in. Uh, no, it was it was selected uh, yeah. f- for the resemblance. And the Hitler but, Youth was one one of those runes. Yeah, there That's are right. there are tons of runes. You can look up these runes. But um, the thing about them is, is they aren't actually ancient, uh, the way they're depicted in Nazi uh, iconography. Mm-hmm. The um, there were definitely pagans who used runes and runic symbology. Yeah. However, in the 19th century. You know, this burgeoning racist, uh, romantic culture started to reevaluate the history of the world and especially the history of the German people. And a dude found out about rings, runes, and he was just like, I'll make them look better. <laughs> and he updated them. And those were the, the, that guy's writings. And those, uh, updates were what Himmler came across and what he was able to use. Um, and that dude was Dan Brown. <laughs> Man, do you think Dan Brown knew that he was changing the world that day? <laughs> well, he did write about it in his diary. True. Um, we should talk about the ultimate uh, Nazi symbol that was sort of taken from you know pagan religion, which is the swastika, the which swastika. you know has been used as a good luck charm uh, in its backwards form. Um, you know, across the centuries and across the world, it still is to this day. You know, I was walking by a, a Buddhist temple the other day in. Uh, uh, Oakland and Trey was like, "Why is there a swastika?" Yeah, fucking on that course temple? you were, Lee. Well, I was going to a bar to play pool, but yeah, I couldn't help but talk about Nazis on the way. And Trey was like, "Why is there a swastika on on a Buddhist temple?" And I had kind of explain, uh, you know, what the deal was because it's like not only did the Nazis sort of and then Lee started the world, to convulse with a strong magnetic force field. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and I told her to not to close her eyes um, as we opened the uh, the ark. Yeah. <laughs> close if, your eyes. If uh, for listeners in New York, if you ever go to BAM Cinemas, um, the outside is all de- de- decorated with uh, swastikas as well. Yeah. Um, and and sort of one of the famous stories about World War II is that uh, FDR had to. Somebody eating Fritos? No, sorry. I just dropped all my guitar picks over my... <laughs> Every episode, there has to be some uh, incident where, like, weird... Sh- kind of, to, to explain, there's a lot of weird shit on my desk. They're like, last week, I was... I, you could hear me playing with a gun. It's not a real gun. Uh, this, well, you know, I mean, the... Times. People, I think people have seen the logo for the show. That is just your desk on a normal day. <laughs> yeah, there's just weird, like, CIA documents, guns, and alcohol. Past and week, some action figures, too. Lee is trying to feed his chickens. <laughs> They're knocking shit over. Like, right now, I'm looking at my Lee, do you case. want to be a failed chicken farmer? They don't eat guitar picks. 
Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's the problem is he was feeding his chickens guitar picks. <laughs> like right now I'm looking at the uh, Ecto-1 um, uh, a car from uh, Ghostbusters, like some weird like Roman ruins, the complete works of Shakespeare and an Eiffel Tower. Like, basically my desk looks like um, Albert Speer's designs for Germania. Yeah. Like if I was like if I was gonna plan to take over the world, this is kind of like what the the future city would look like. It's just a bunch of weird shit like that. Um, but we'll get into Germania later. So as I was about to say, uh, during World War II, there's sort of infamous story that FDR was forced to uh, redecorate the White House in in certain ways. He had to take down all those swastikas. He literally did. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh. uh, and people used to uh, zig heil the flag too, like the the Pledge of Allegiance. Everyone would like stick their their hand in the air, like you know the Nazi yeah, salute. Pre, yeah, pre World War II, the the proper way to uh, that school children would salute the flag was doing the zig heil. <laughs> but yeah, FDR had to remove all these swastikas because they were used in Navajo art, and Teddy Roosevelt, his his dad, no, oh, uh, his brother, his twin brother, uh, had uh, installed some Navajo. Did, uh, did art. FDR become president after Teddy Roosevelt uh, went into a coma, and they had to get his, yeah, because... they had to get his twin brother to be president. <laughs> yeah, they pulled him, they pulled him out of an un, uh, unemployment office, <laughs> just stuck him right in there. Yeah, because I... Vice President Gandhi could not be allowed to be president. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> I think you mean Vice President House of Sand and Fog. Oh, okay. Vice President, the guy from Sneakers. Yes. <laughs> uh, what other know. movies was Ben Kingsley in? I don't know. But they filmed the beginning of Sneakers at the clock tower from Back to the Future, which is, I've decided where I, that's where I want to live, is Courthouse <laughs> Square in Universal <laughs> Studios. It's, really, it's a really nice area. They got the Burbs neighborhood right down the street. You can go stay at the Bates Motel. Um, King Kong lives down the street. Jaws. Yeah, look out for Jaws, though. He he pops up regularly. Yeah, don't swim yep. in, that wa- in that water. Also, don't go into backdraft. Yeah. <laughs> also, the Red Sea is right there, Lee, so you'll feel right at home. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> and uh, the E.T. ride where like he says goodbye. Like, goodbye, Gene. Goodbye, Brian. No, goodbye, they shithead. Got, they got rid of that. Oh, because too many people were saying their name was Shithead? Yeah, no, and the tr- that's not how it works, Lee. You have to do, because he, uh, he serializes the names. So he'll go, goodbye, Harry, Balls, Johnson. <laughs> so that was the thing, is you wanted to, you, you had to work with your buddies to be like, oh, your name is right. going to be Harry, and his name is going to be Johnson, and your name's going to be Sucker. Yeah, you're gonna, your name's going to be Suck My, and your name's going to be Balls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> goodbye, too much. Johnson. <laughs> uh, so yes, FDR had to take all the swastikas out of the White House uh, because it l- kind of looked bad. You can take the swastika out of the White House, but you can't take the FDR out of the swastika. <laughs> um, but yes, the, the, the Hitler adopted the, the symbol of the, the hooked cross, as it is known in Germany. Mm. Uh, which was a good luck symbol and, uh, uh, you know, used by various cultures all over the world, including Navajo, uh, yeah. Chinese, Tibetan, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, he, he took it and he used wow. it for the, et cetera, for, et cetera. Yeah. Let's just lump all nations into one, et cetera. 
Nazis, Navajos, <laughs> Buddhists. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but but so he Roosevelt. Used, he used he used that for the the symbol of of Germany. Um, and kind of creating our, their own religion. I mean, that's kind of what it was. Yeah, it's really interesting because um, a lot of these early symbols were created by Hitler before he kind of even had the power in the party itself yeah. to do that. He he really had a, had a he was running a long con basically when he joined up with the Nazis, uh, and he um, his 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 obsession with uh, presentation was very interesting because he would hold these rallies and he would originally know, he was just trying to meet a girl, yeah, there was just a pretty girl, and she was just easily impressed by impassioned speaker you know speakers yeah. and he just got carried away. Yeah. There was a nice uh, meet cute between uh, him and uh, his cousin, who he just fucked and then murdered. Yeah, <laughs> Gailey <Probably>. Raubal. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, if you look at the rallies, like if you go and watch the Lenny Riefenstahl film O'Neill Family Olympics, <laughs> when he goes to make his speeches, um, he's always late, so the crowd is already like agitated oh, and worked up. What a rock star! Just well, like Axl Rose. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's where Axel Rose got it. That's where Axel Rose got the idea to be. This late is not a this is Hitler. not a this is not a joke. Like a lot of the things that Hitler and the Nazis figured out, they were the first people to figure out how to do them. Like they were the first people to figure out that the this was the way to stage a very public and you know a, 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 a very public spectacle. They also and, turned their amps up to eleven, and they covered <laughs> "Live and Let Die." Yeah, and they wore makeup and never revealed it. Hitler refused <laughs> to take the stage if there were any brown M&Ms. Right. Yeah. But Hitler really got in trouble for uh, going electric at Woodstock. <laughs> that was pretty much his worst offense. Yeah. Please, it was Monterey, not Woodstock. Oh, okay. Shit, oh. sorry. Um, but oh, The Cathedral of Light, we should talk about that. Well, what, well, dramatic well, shit. Let me, yeah, let me just... Uh, yeah, just hold your horses, quick. Lee. Uh, this is a two-part episode. <laughs> Hitler Hitler um would show up late the crowds would be agitated and then he would go on stage but he wouldn't even start speaking people would be going nuts and he'd just let it build and build and build and build yeah. and so people were you know in st- in a state of frenzy when he was you know giving these speeches and when he would finally speak, it you know it really didn't matter what he said, and it really didn't matter how he acted. He just but, said "ips orum uh, lorum" or whatever. Yeah, lorum ipsum. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, he 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 just said, he would just San say, G- "Hey, San come Dimas on, you guys, fo- cut it out." San <laughs> <laughs> Dimas football rules. Uh, but but no, he would he would finally start speaking, and by that point, people were just freaking the fuck out over this kind of rock star image that he was able to create. And this was adopted literally by rock stars. And if you look at like David <laughs> Bowie, he talks about how he's specifically, specifically copying Nazi rallies. If you look at his, wild like, stallions, um, wild, they specifically uh, copied that yeah. when they uh, took Hitler in their uh, telephone time machine. The wall, uh, Pink Floyd's the wall is also, is kind of Nazi reminiscent. Yeah. The, 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 the crossover between, uh, the public spectacle of a Nazi rally and the public spectacle of a fading Roger Waters trying to milk every penny <laughs> he can get out of his fans. Basically, uh, d- uh, not not uh, not dissimilar in any way. Did you know if you if you turn on um, 
Dark Side of the Moon, at the exact time you turn on Triumph of the Will, it syncs up perfectly. I'm trying that. <laughs> I'm lying that, by the way. I That's how I, I can't get to sleep unless that's happening. <laughs> uh, but, um... <laughs> But yeah, so so we've kind of gone way overboard in establishing just how uh, how out of left field the Nazis yeah. were in terms of the aesthetic influence and the occult influence. And so uh, we're going to take a little break here, but then when we come back, we're going to go into this, some of the specifics of how this manifested in the Nazi plan for world domination. We'll be right back on Inside Jobs, exploration of... Why Nazis are so fucking awesome and so fucking awful at the same time. While Wagner brought the German myths to the operatic stage, I brought them to the world. I am the Superman. The stomach knight on the quest for the Holy Grail. Compared to you, Wagner was a minimalist. Uh, we were back. We were talking about Nazis, and as as I said earlier, uh, Hitler was a, a failed art student. He tried to apply to uh, the Viennese Fine Arts Academy, got rejected twice, um, and uh, then he went off to serve in World War One and. Um, you know, something happened later, but uh, but he was always very interested in architecture, uh, which is why he had a fairly close rep- uh, relationship with Albert Speer. And Speer, or Speer, was uh, uh, kind of the top Nazi architect, and he was in charge of making a lot of the, you know, sort of famous Nazi building or designing rather uh, the famous Nazi buildings that, you know, suggest the grandiose majesty of the Nazi power and Aryan supremacy. So like the Nuremberg um, Stadium where the famous uh, uh, rallies were held. Huge, huge sports stadium uh, was designed by Speer. Uh, and then later, as we noted in our um, episode two, the paper Operation Paperclip, uh, he was also in charge uh, towards the end of the war with running the concentration camps and uh the v partly responsible for funding the v2 program and famously known as the nazi who said he was sorry yeah well, that's which, like literally his moniker because you know that's my he... favorite children's book growing up. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so um I think uh, I oh, mentioned... well, well i, I thought sorry. you were gonna tell that story uh Yes, at the end of the war, uh, all the survive the top surviving Nazis were gathered into the Nuremberg War Tribunal and tried. And he, Albert Speer, was the only one who <laughs> said he was sorry. Basically, the only one who, who expressed any form of regret. And so he was sentenced to several decades. I think he he got out in the sixties. Sentenced to uh, a, a lighter sentence at Spandau Prison in Berlin, as opposed to the others, none of whom expressed any regret and either received life sentences or, or death put to death by hanging like Eichmann uh, probably most famously well or no Eichmann was not by the, yeah he was tried by the Israelis yeah later. the Israelis no more like Goering uh Goering was found guilty 
and sentenced to hanging, but like the night before he was supposed to be hanged, he killed uh, himself. Yeah, he managed to kill himself. Um, or like Rosenberg, who is a famous uh, Nazi propagandist, he was sentenced to life in prison hmm. or hanging. I can't remember. Has uh, he spent? He's anyway. sentenced to a life of hanging in prison. Yeah, just chilling. Yeah, anyway, so so Speer, Speer would uh, like Hitler would drop all of his plans when Speer came around, and then they would just talk he about love this dude. They yeah, were such bros. And a lot of people, he was kind of like his only real friend, especially towards the end. Um, you know, he didn't trust a lot of people. Um, a lot of people were trying to betray him. He was trying to betray a lot of people. I know and, the feeling. <laughs> oh, Brian, so lonely. Wow. Um, but, um, you know, a lot of people say that Speer was the guy he was grooming to be, you know, the next, uh, Fuhrer. The next boy and king. I think that, <laughs> right. What's that, a boy And, um, Earlier we were talking about the sort of um, romantic aesthetic of the Nazi party, uh, the sculpture, the art, um, and the architecture of Albert Speer um, was the way that uh, that sort of romanticism of art sort of came to life. Brian, are um, you and they had this in the background? No, I can't. <laughs> Your joke was sort of eaten by the boy fear. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty great. Get over it because I started thinking of the Toys R Us song, but he doesn't want to grow up because he's a boy fearer. <laughs> <laughs> ah, he's so joyful. I, yeah, I feel like, won't uh, grow up. I won't grow up. <laughs> I'm a boy fearer. I'm a boy fearer. Okay. Who? Sorry. Uh Whenever I, whenever I like have a chance to listen to the show after we record it, um, I always find that like Eugene says some like fucking funny ass shit, and like I don't even hear it because yeah. I'm just like proper proper history fact. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a real it's a real challenge to edit the show, and there's like some some Gene joke that gets muffled, and it's like, oh, why didn't we? pay attention to that i'm, I'm sorry I, Lee, you were on a real roll there but i thought brian was dying because i heard this i like, was <laughs> i'm sorry all right all right so sorry uh yeah Speer was uh was uh designing all these very classical uh but huge buildings for hitler the reich chancellery yeah, was continue. one of the only uh, completed buildings uh the new reich uh, reich chancellery um, to the, be specific the rock and the, roll the mcdonald's few... he designed yeah, exactly. <laughs> wesley was... willis rock and roll yeah. mcdonald's planet hollywood berlin yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i wonder what memorabilia they would have had there <laughs> just like all those swastika guitars and stuff these these are the um uh, oh, fuck. These are the boots that Hitler wore in Triumph of the Will. Yeah, this is the refrigerator Harrison Ford hid inside to survive that nuclear blast. <laughs> and that's what froze him into carbonite. And that's, children, how sequels are made. Um, um, wait, did you guys hear that somebody has an original copy of Schindler's List and they're trying to sell it on eBay? No. Like, the list? The actual list. Oh, not the movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I made that joke when I was told. I was like, wow, I got the double VHS. <laughs> I'm sitting on a pile of cash. <laughs> uh, the original rap. <laughs> Since you brought up Schindler's List, let me let me bring up something. Um, 
just to clarify all the talk we've been having about Nazis in this episode and the two-parter second part of this episode, uh, I am Jewish. Fuck the Nazis. They're the yeah. worst fucking piece of shit goddamn people on the planet ever. Fuck them long. Fuck them hard. Fuck them in their face. Chop their heads off. Shove it up their ass. Real sad when we have to have a disclaimer that says we <laughs> don't like Nazis. <laughs> I just want to make that abundantly clear. Yeah, speak for yourselves. <laughs> well, Gene, you're a boy fuhrer. Yeah. <laughs> you just love it so. Um, but uh, yes, the Reich Chancellor, he, Chancellor, he designed. And if you look at pictures of this thing, it's just in, insane. It goes it was on. Big, the bigger than the Versailles Hall of Mirrors. Like, their whole yeah, thing was like. Yeah, it goes on like, for blocks and blocks, and it's just huge and austere. And, it's grotesque. That's yeah. the best way to describe their architecture, which is grotesque. And they would basically. T- the, it what if this even, building were bigger? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they would take something that they liked. Or that they hated, and then they were like, let's make a bigger version. Like, one of the planned buildings in Germania, the rebuilt city that we'll get into uh, in a minute. Yeah, it's like there was, was no this... precedent for it. Jewish temple in Israel. <laughs> Jesus. Fuck you. <laughs> um, the, uh, they were going to build this Arc de Triomphe um, that was basically going to be so giant that the... Um, original Arc de Triomphe in Paris was supposed to fit under it. Under it. Wait, it was just, they were um, going to build gonna... their own so that people wouldn't have to travel to France to see it? Right. Kind of like how China like, made an Eiffel Tower. Paris, power. Paris. Yeah, it was like Paris, Paris. Uh, and then, so in this big Germania city, it was like basically this like Nazi Disneyland, there was this huge avenue well, that's of... Not, no, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not what it is. Uh, Hitler and Speer had this idea of to raise Berlin to the ground because, uh, as I said earlier, Hitler was from Austria and the then... British and the Russians helped do that. <laughs> uh, uh, um, yes, he was from Austria and then he grew, grew up or spent his adolescence and, uh, and sort of formative years in Munich. And so he so never really liked Berlin yeah, or the he... Berliners because they were elitists. Compared yeah. To that. That's where all the Junkers were from. If you know about the like landed aristocracy of Prussia. Uh, lost in Junkers, the famous. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Lost in Junkers. Oh, I love it. Is Chance Paul Materi in that? Anyway, uh, yeah. Where's that guy? Anyway, uh, yeah. So when he moved to Berlin, he really didn't care for it. He really didn't like the city, and he and Speer had this idea to raise it to the ground after the war, basically, uh, raise it to the ground and then build it back up as the most triumphant, you know, Valhalla capital of of a greater german empire it was terrifying in its like (laughs) grotesque grandiose uh vision i mean it it was like a like the the, like the one thing that i remember is there was going to be a dome that was so big it was yeah it would have its own atmosphere yeah so basically the volkshall so there was two ends of it at at, at one end there was the this arc de triomphe that was supposed to be you know as big as uh so bigger than the the French one that it could I fit believe, under. Yeah, I believe what I heard is that it would be about four times as big as the Arc de Triomphe, and then the new, but but not as big as the New York one, right? No, not as big as the Vegas one. Not as big as Freedom Tower. Nothing is as big as Freedom. <laughs> yeah, Osama bin Laden learned that the hard way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when Jesus. we killed him. How's it going at the bottom of the ocean, buddy? Yeah, you fucker. Fuck you somewhere in hell with hitler so um anyway so there's this avenue of splendor 
uh, was what it was called. Which, come on, that sounds like a Disneyland thing. The Avenue of it Splendor really was does. this big, this big road that was going to go in between um, the Arc de Triomphe and the Volkshall. And the Volkshall kind of looks like the Capitol building. It's this huge dome building, and just, it was supposed to be to, just to clarify, Volkshall. Okay. And we tried to get Albert Speer in uh, Operation Paperclip, right, so he could help us design the world of tomorrow. <laughs> you know, Werner von Braun did help us with that. Or yeah, we us. got who is second best. So yeah. second best, first the worst. He had to eat all of uh, Speer's blueprints and then throw them Second's up when he the got best. here. Yeah, the third's the Speer. Um, so yeah, the Volkshall was going to be like the biggest building in the world, at least the biggest like interior one room in the world. And as Brian mentioned, it was so huge. That it wasn't just that it had its own atmosphere, it was that the perspiration and condensation of people's breath was going to build up, because it could fit like 150,000 people, was going to build up into its own clouds. Yeah, that's what I meant by atmosphere. Above the the rafters of the building. And basically it would rain down people's own like spit and breath (laughs) and sweat back on them as uh, Hitler gave speeches. And if you kind of want like a good explanation or visualization of what this looked like, read the don't book. Don't imagine Gene's dick. Yeah, don't imagine. It's the opposite of Gene's dick. It could fit 400 million Gene's dicks. There's a book called Fatherland um, that's uh, about – it was one of those what if Hitler alternate won history. kind of alternate history uh, Man in the High Castle books. And there's a, a HBO movie that you can watch for free on YouTube. There's an adaptation of it. And there's some great, like, matte painting, special effect shots of what it would have looked like in the, the 60s. And you can see um, sort of what the, the Volkshall and uh, Vo- Volkshall or whatever and the Triumph uh, would have looked like. V-O-L-A-S. Like Volkswagen, but S-H-A-L-L-E. Like People's Hall, basically. Volkshalle. Yeah. Whenever you see an S and an H in German, they're not pronounced together. Right. Um, and then under the Avenue of Splendors, so the Avenue of Splendors was only supposed to be for marching and foot traffic. Like they're supposed to have like a bunch of rallies going through there. Yeah, they, they basically the thought traffic. that sold, they basically thought that soldiers would be marching 24 seven. Like there would yeah. be a parade going on all the time because mm-hmm. such would be Germany's victory over the rest of the world that yeah. they would just have infinite soldiers. And the motor traffic was supposed to go under the, the Avenue of Splendor. I think that that actually, that underground road that exists in Berlin. Am, am I right, Brian? You've, you've been there because you're a Nazi. Uh, <laughs> well, they have the U-Bahn is what it's called. Oh, okay. Um, but I never did any driving in, in Germany, so I don't, oh, okay. I don't really know. So they were supposed to open this in 1950. He was hoping to have won the war and rebuilt this by 1950. And he was going to have like a grand world's fair. He thought um, this idea up in like April 1945. He was like, "Yeah, we'll we'll get this together. We got this." Yeah. Um, so if you also want a good visualization of it, there's a scene of it in the movie Downfall, and you can find the original version of it. There's a sort of meme on the internet of taking Downfall and putting subtitles under it that are like about Disneyland and weird shit. And um, but you can find the original scene, and it's him and Speer. Or you could just uh, what the whole movie's on uh, on Netflix. Netflix, if you have that. Great Man, movie. what a fucking good movie. Bruno Granz. Want to hear something insane? I watched that movie in Berlin, literally a hundred yards from Hitler's bunker, like the 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 ruined parking lot where it used to be. I was that close when I saw that movie. It was really. An experience. That was the movie theater that had to close down because of the semen floods, right? <laughs> Seriously. 
<laughs> just fucking Fred oh. Willarding to uh, <laughs> Fred Willarding to Fred Willarding. <laughs> Bre- hey, everyone on Twitter, everyone listening, can you make that a thing for us, please? If Fred you're Willarding off in a theater. It's Willarding. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Uh, no, but it it, 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 it's really cool. Never mind. Fuck it. So, um, yeah, so basically. Yes, there's a scene where Speer and Hitler look at the model. And yeah, they put that model, um, like on tour and people could go see it. And there was like a whole exhibit about it. There's, um, a better scene in a worse movie, uh, (laughs) called, um. The Last Days. Called, oh no, that's the Alec Guinness one, I think. Or is that the Anthony Hopkins one? That's the Alec Guinness. Every British person is just like, let's be Hitler for a while and do a movie about how much he sucks in the last Especially days. that Prince George. Yeah. <laughs> he wants to be the boy Fuhrer. <laughs> uh, so the um, there's this other Disney movie. <laughs> Speaking of, you should, if you want like weird Disney cartoons about Nazis, there's a, a, a movie about Donald, Donald Duck, Duck, like living the in Fuhrer's, Nazi Germany. The Fuhrer's face, it's called. Yeah, it's great. You should watch that. But you should also watch The Empty Mirror. Don't watch the whole movie because it sucks. But there's a scene, it's about uh, like 18 or 19 minutes into the movie, and it's Hitler with one of his lackeys. I forget who it is, and they're looking at the... I I don't think it's Speer in The Empty Mirror. It doesn't look like him, at least. If it is, it's a really bad casting choice. Um, Well, Hitler never wore a clown suit as he does in that scene, so I don't (laughs) think they were being historically accurate. It's a really weird movie where there's the scene right before Hitler's taking selfies of himself in the mirror with a camera. Shit! Like, literally, it's a totally bizarre movie, but this scene is great, and it shows him, like, looking at the model, and they're talking about Wagner and how, you know, he was sort of trying to bring Wagner to real life. And this folks hall was supposed to be where Hitler was going to speak while people's spit rained on them. He was going to be speaking in there. Um, and, um, in the scene, the, his lackey, who like, maybe it's Speer, maybe it's, it looks more like Gorbels, but I don't know, says, compared to you, Wagner was a minimalist. And it's just an amazing scene. And, and if you want a sort of visualization, check out either that, Fatherland, um, Downfall, Downfall and then also some Fear's people. Face. Yes. The Fear's Face. And then some people on the internet also did like a crazy, um, 3D model of it that's really scary and amazing. I'll kind of give you an idea of what it would look like. It's kind of like cars driving into Germania um, with a bunch of dramatic music playing. And then there's a bunch of YouTube comments of people saying how beautiful it would have been. And like, you know, Shit. Hitler didn't get a good chance. And then there's a comment from me basically saying, fuck all you guys. Yeah, we didn't give that <laughs> Hitler guy a fair shake. Well, I told you guys, we got a 3D printer at my office. I could just get those CAD files. Bam. 87 days later, we could have an entire printed, 3D printed Germania. Jesus Christ. Banger's Hackspace has a 3D printer, too. Um, but th- I, we might have mentioned this on the show uh, another time, but I played a Nazi in this play, the first play I was in in college. And this was this was the year Brian and I met, like probably about the same. I think it was the same month. Nineteen twenty-seven. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Lee made his and own. I uniform. was a young boot black when I met a young Lee Golden. 
So Banger at that time had this kind of punk rock haircut that was like kind of a Nazi haircut and then it was like really like buzzed in the he back. He was basically kind of, emo Hitler. Yeah, it was like, emo Hitler. Emo and then Hitler it like swooped blonde. in the front. He's like blonde and it swooped in the, in the front. And so I was backstage with a bunch of guys, including the dude who calls in all the time, Mark. Um, and we were all dressed as Nazis. Um, and Banger comes up to the theater and uh, sees all these guys in Nazi uniforms. Banger doesn't know any of these people. They don't know any of him. And he's like, hey, just comes in, doesn't explain that I'm his cousin, doesn't think anything of it. He's like, oh, wow, you guys look great. And it's kind of like playing with the guns, looking at the swastika armbands and the helmets. Everyone's just like looking at him and being like, what is this punk rock Nazi coming into the theater just being like, hey, guys, you look awesome. Can we hang out? <laughs> I Lee sent me some pictures of him in his Nazi uniform. I will put them on the website. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and every week we seem to like tell a more and more and more crazier story of our like college days. Like, man, we did all these drugs. Man, we did all this party. Man, remember that time we were Nazis? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, Germania would have been this like disgustingly, um, you know, grotesque expression of what, um, um, Hitler was trying to do. And none of the buildings exist. They destroyed the, the Reich Chancellery, which was like one of the only buildings that was actually completed. Um, and they used Man, I some keep of hearing it, I think... Reich Chancellery when you say that. Oh, okay. Like, so when you say the Reich Chancellor, it's like he's the Reich Chancellor. Yeah, the Frank Lloyd Wright and Albert Speer designed it. They used some of the marble, I think, in some Soviet architecture. And there's like a famous picture of some soldiers like standing over the big swastika um, that they had taken down from it. And making it look like it's their dick. Yeah. <laughs> Man, what a so, crazy, crazy looking thing. <laughs> and the best, the best testament to how stupid and terrible this plan was is that they built this building um, that was – the literal translation is heavy load bearing body and like – Brian, you can correct me on this, but it's the Scherblafstungkörper. <laughs> and it's this big turret, essentially. And it was built to determine whether or not the soil in Berlin could handle this. And so basically, um, it, it, um, if it sunk more than six, um, centimeters, then they knew that the land wouldn't have been um, good enough for uh, building the uh, Germania, and it sunk 18 centimeters. So, uh, just a perfect expression of even if they had won and built this thing, the whole fucking piece of shit would have just sunk into the ground. So, fuck you, Hitler, and fuck you, Speer, even though you said you're sorry and gave a bunch of money to Jewish charities. Yeah, yeah I guess saying you're sorry is really all we needed out of Hitler for him to be an okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, he said he was it's sorry. like, at least you learned an important lesson. <laughs> Um, but, but it, 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 yes, Hitler was obsessed with architecture, but he was also obsessed with art. So yeah, <sighs> there's a new movie coming out called Monuments Men and it's yeah. made, it's basically Ocean's Eleven in World War Two. But with uh, Nazi art instead of casino money. Yeah. It's about as fucking smug a cast as you can get. Plus Bill Murray. Um, oh man, Bill Murray's in it. 
He's been there briefly. I feel like this is one of those, like, they promise Bill Murray, but then he's only in it for five minutes. I mean, like Zombieland. if Zombieland he, taught us anything, it's that five minutes of Bill Murray is enough. It's, just, it's, like, worth it's it. enough like, for you he, to skip through yeah, to that scene. I, and then I'm sorry, but Bill Murray is the only reason for me to see that movie. Like, he validated that entire movie for me. I've only seen that scene because I don't really care about it. Yeah, me else. too. Yeah. So, you don't need to. So maybe there'll be a, a scene in this movie where Bill Murray pretends he's a Nazi just so he can go outside and walk. And, like, have a cigarette. I'm just, so yeah, I'm just going to find out when he comes in and then see a different movie and then just duck out for the Bill Murray scene. I'm down for this movie really hard. Like, I'm more down for this movie than Star Wars 7, which I'm sure will be stupid as balls. Yeah, nobody's down for Star Wars 7. I'm down, um, I'm down for Star Wars 7. I'll see that shit. I mean, I'll see it and own it on DVD. I mean, yeah, Lee will protest by only seeing it four or five times. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And having only one copy of the DVD and not one that he leaves in the original wrapping. Yeah, I won't have a Laserdisc copy of it that I play at college parties. (laughs) Uh, I would hope you're uh, not going to college parties still. I'm playing Laserdiscs. I'm that guy. Grandpa Laserdisc. They stay the same age. (laughs) That's what I love about Laserdiscs. I keep getting older. So do they. <laughs> um, so, yes, Monuments uh, Men is about a group of allied uh, uh, soldiers that were commissioned from the ac- academic and art worlds of Who are era. trying to save Private Ryan. <laughs> save Private Ryan's inheritance. Uh, no, but they were sent. These are uh, based on a true story. And they were sent to Europe uh, to kind of follow the advancing uh, uh, British and American armies in an effort to reclaim a lot of the fine art works that uh, the Nazis had stolen. And they, you know, were looking for very, very important works of art. And the reason that they had to do this was because even before Hitler had had initiated the invasions of Poland, of France, of Russia, he had sat down with... Um, uh, the the Kunstschutz, uh, this art protection society. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, could you say that again? Kunstschutz? Watch your mouth, Brian. Okay. And that's German for cunt holes? Kunst, <laughs> Kunt, Kunst is art and Schutz is like protection. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh Gino's good. The okay. Kunstschutz. <laughs> Life in the Kunstschutz. First, kind of like that uh, book about Vietnam called The Tunnels of Coochie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, right, nothing's funnier than war crimes and atrocities. Anyway. Yeah, the rental card on that book is just filled with the names of disappointed teenagers. <laughs> yeah, if books had like comments. So wait, it's like Eugene O'Neill, Sean O'Neill, Bill O'Neill. <laughs> yeah, and they were all returned a day later. <laughs> um. Like when they when they invaded Poland, they drew up a list of the artworks that they knew existed in different um, private collections and uh, public exhibitions and museums. And so when they invaded, they, they these teams would race to those locations and obtain the artworks to send them back to Germany. That if sounds they... like a reality show. It's like two teams <laughs> released into war torn Poland to steal as much art from Jews as possible. It was a it was a canceled season of The Amazing Race. The amazing, uh, <laughs> the amazing superior race. The amazing Aryan race. Yes. yes. You did it. Thank you, Lee. You All did right, it. I'm unplugging going home. Right. <laughs> um, 
so they they would go after these works, and if they didn't find them, often what would happen is, you know, Thomas they... Kincaid would just paint another painting. <laughs> God, Hitler would have loved him. Let's just yeah, that, that's basically Hitler's level level of uh, taste. No, but a lot of these rich families would do things like, oh, uh, uh, the, the Nazis are coming, we better hide our possessions. So they'd bury them, or they'd send them out to the country, or they'd trust their fine art in the in the hands of... Or they'd uh, put it, a lampshade over it and say, <laughs> it's just a lamp. They'd take all of their porn, put it in a coffee jar, and hide it in the woods. Yeah. Uh, but so, so sometimes the, the, the Kunstschutz would, would, I'm never, I can never say it. You guys are just gonna always snicker. Uh, it sounds like pussy hole. Come on. I, I, I've literally never, I even said the word Kunst earlier in the show. Gesamtkunstwerk. Uh, yeah, we weren't listening. Yeah. My Kunst is wrecked after last night too. Shit. Okay. What happened? Oh, I thought Brian died. I basically. I I died inside. Um, so the people would go into Poland or whatever, and they try they'd rough up people, find out information about where the artworks had gone, go after them, and send them all back to Germany. And Hitler specified that any uh, piece of art that was taken was owned by the state and could be made available to him. So they available to him for private purposes. Well, no, he just he... teabag all of them. Well, he would he would either he would either keep them in one of his private residences throughout Germany, or he would send them to a museum that he had constructed in Linz in Austria, where he was from. Yeah, was it called was, like the Führer Museum or something? Uh, yeah, I I cannot remember what it was called, but it was basically that. And uh, he would but, always say, "This belongs in a museum." <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of his guys would like steal the art. They'd be like, "Hey, where's that art?" And he'd be like, "Nowhere." Yeah, I mean, he he basically, you know, allegedly had first dibs, but um, people like Goering... I just imagine Hitler going, I call first dibs! <laughs> well, with Hitler, first dibs are implied. Yeah. <laughs> that, was yeah. His, that was like he, his... Uh, he got to write like shotgun whenever. Yeah, he wasn't like, oh, Goering called first dibs. <laughs> yeah, Adolf, first dibs, Hitler. Um. So yeah, so other people like Goering and Himmler, etc., they would... And, and and just top Nazi officers in the military and the SS would would go after art for themselves, uh, and this was you know pretty excessive when they were invading Poland. Yeah. There were some very famous works of art that were stolen. The controversy uh, is still going on to this day because like art yeah. will will surface that like people will say no, this belongs in a museum. And then they'll say, you belong in a museum. And the Russians were, were stealing art from Poland, too. I mean, Poland just has, like, the unfortunate geographic um, fate of being stuck in between, like, every single war ever. So they're always getting stomped upon. Like, my, my family is from Poland, this small town called Suwaki, Poland. What? Basically, we've been Polish, Russian, Jewish and German. Polish? Jesus Christ. Was that? You're Jewish and Polish? Yeah, Dude, how are you still – how how did you – how do you exist, Lee? You know what? I've never. Oh, I'm cutting that out. <laughs> Please Leave do. Leave me laughing though at like nothing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Garfield about uh, Garfield. Yeah. Well, yeah. Poland is Polish for fucked on both ends. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, and it's the so butt of everyone's Pol- stupid jokes too. Yeah. That's why Poland doesn't make any art anymore. It's just like someone's just going to steal it anyway. What's so funny is that the art that they were going after in Poland wasn't even Polish. It was like uh, a, a Da Vinci, a Titian, 
Mm-hmm. There's some Chagall works. It's very funny. Oh, so they stole it first. Well, yeah. They're crafty. So, so fair's fair. Yeah. But, uh, but it really became a problem when they invaded France. Because I don't know if you know this about France, but there's a fuck ton of art there. Huh? Uh, they, it's estimated Wait, that there's a fuck ton of art in France. No, there's not, Brian. There's also a lot of ladies in their underpants. <laughs> Bravo, sir. Um, um, no, no, no. But but so when they so when they invaded uh, invaded uh, France, they just suddenly had access to all this art. They had they had to clear out one entire French museum and start filling it up with all of the looted art in order to sort it. To figure out where they would send it back to. But a lot of people um, saved a lot of that art too. Like there was a massive effort to clear out a lot of stuff in the Louvre yeah. before the Nazis came oh, in. The Louvre. The Louvre. The Louvre. Um, if you want to watch the, a great movie about this, The Rape of Europa is also, I believe, on Netflix. I'm uh, cutting that out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, there's a great story about how That's they... a callback to a joke that nobody will hear. Why That's a call. I was going to say, a callback to a joke Brian is cutting out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, there's a great scene where this uh, old woman talks about how she was a young girl, and it's about how... Um, whoa, they... whoa, 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 whoa. An old woman talking about how she was an, a young girl? This story doesn't add up. Well, when she was a young girl, this strange package came to her house. Um, Anthrax. Anthrax. <laughs> and, you know, she lived you know, off in the French country. Sorry, there was a French, French girl at the time. Now she's an old woman. Um, and... This package came and they hid it in the house and she remembers the package being opened. And as she said, she saw the Mona Lisa's face. And as she, she says, um, and she was smiling at me, which to me is just a, a, a one of the most beautiful moments in history I've ever heard of. And, one of the um, most beautiful moments of Lee's favorite movie, Mona Lisa smile. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I just got zinked so hard. Um, but you know, it's 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 those moments where you really see the um, you know fearlessness, determination, uh, willpower that it took to overcome the Nazis. And you know, it's there's we we talk about D Day, and we, you know we talk. So you're about, basically saying the Mona Lisa won World War Two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we we talk about big battles we won. We talk about D Day. We talk about um, you know the Holocaust. About the Holocaust. Um, but you know, it's little Battle victories like this. Battle of the Bulge. The battle of the lack of bulge in uh, Jean's pants, um, but it's the little victories like this that add up to to. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, if you watch war. if you watch footage of like families now, like like generations down the line, finally receiving the ar- ar- artistic uh, output of their their grandfather or their uh, the art collection of their grandfather that has been lost for for decades, it's really you know emotional. Uh, we don't. We, we don't usually get this soft on the show, but um, you know this, this this kind of stuff like really, really. Nah, Gene's soft all the time. Dun, yeah. dun, 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 dun. So you guys keep talking. I'm just. Were you to singing Donkashin? No, providing an emotional score. Oh, okay. Thanks. Um. So yeah, there's all this like incredible, incredible photographs of what the Louvre looked like during the occupation because they cleared out a bunch of um, 
the, you know, huge halls uh, of the Louvre that, uh, you know, house all this art. And it's just these scary abandoned halls, um, these huge framed, um, you know, uh, paintings where it, the, the painting is gone and it's just the frame. And if you've ever been to the Louvre, like uh, they have these huge paintings. That, you have know, you like, been to the Louvre, Lee? I have. I oh, am. I didn't get that impression. I've, I've been to the Louvre, yes. Are you just trying to point out that I'm just like a a douchebag? I'm I'm trying to do the thing that is often done to me when I talk about this shit, which is that it sounds pretentious because it is. Oh, am I being pretentious? What? It's a yeah, it's a nice museum. You everyone should go. I didn't even bring up the fact that I went there until Brian made me. Not being pretentious. Lee, just ignore Brian. He's a dick. (laughs) Just ignore Gene. He doesn't have a dick. Yeah. Um. And then there's also these, uh, so it's just kind of scary, like a ghost town or something. And there's also these, these amazing photographs of all of the sculpture, um, that the Nazis captured and they put them like down in some basement or storage area and they're all kind of like grouped together. Uh, and like, like they're in some sort of like group photograph and it's really creepy because it, it, it kind of reminds you of like, you know, the images from the concentration camps of like, you know, nude, uh, prisoners just grouped together, like kind of mass cattle and to see, Art, you know, physical representations of human beings kind of like captured like, like prisoners. I mean, it really, it really gets out how, how scary this is. Um, you know, that not only were they conquering people, but they were conquering culture. Um, and they were destroying a lot of art too. Um, you know, we, we, we hear about book burnings and all that kind of stuff, but, uh, the art that was considered degenerate was, was destroyed. And, um, they say that like 20% of the arts in Europe was captured by the Nazis. And the only person that plundered more art than Hitler was Napoleon. So there's that. Yeah. And Bill Gates. <laughs> He's just trying to make a better condom. Yeah. He got to it first. <laughs> it turns out if you wrap the Mona Lisa around your dick, it feels hell of good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that's sort of the art... <laughs> The yeah. art, uh, the art story of World War II. That Monuments Men uh, movie is going to come out. Uh, who the fuck knows? Soon. Yeah. I think um, it's yeah. Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, but if you if you watch that Rape of Europe, it, it's a really interesting uh, version of the story. Can someone mute their phone, please? Shit. Um, Someone's phone ringing. I keep hearing a weird it's, buzz. Sorry, it's my AP news alert. I gotta turn that off because it's like having the AP news For alert on your phone is basically sake. like. It's like getting text messages from Captain Buzzkill. It's yeah. just like, oh, got another text. Yeah, someone died. Oh, violence in Belfast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, but yeah, so so that's another really uh, that, that was one of Hitler's big aims to steal all of the art, put it into museums all across Germany, and then uh, the, uh, just as a real brief note about. Um, about some of the decadent art, there was actually uh, an exhibit of decadent art. So yeah, these, the these kind of things of like the, the German German expressionism and surrealism, futurism, Dada stuff. These uh, these artworks were collected and then put into a museum, and it was the Nazis' way of saying, "Look at what we're like saving you from. Look at the cult, the the degenerate backwards culture." that uh, we did away with in order to bring about this Aryan utopia. And art was put into, like, quotes, like yeah. air quotes, basically. Yeah. It's like, art, wink, wink. And they would put it in, like, they put it in the, I think it was, like, the architect Architectural Institute um, building, and you had to, like, climb up this weird staircase to get to it. You had to, like, bump into paintings in order to get in there. They put it in this really, like, disorienting 
um, style and organization, and they had all these like disparaging captions under it. And at the same time, they were they were running this other um, art exhibit that was about like what they thought the good art was. And as a testament to the fact that all of the quote unquote degenerate art is obviously way better than all their bullshit art of like pastoral people like hanging out with hay. And, you know, uh, paintings of uh, Hitler dressed up in like as a knight in shining armor, like I think over three times as many people went to the degenerate art museum yeah. as went to the the good music art museum. And, um, you know, it's just a testament to the fact that you can't have like the government being in charge of art. I mean, the, they, they came up with this thing in 1933. Whoa, whoa, like, whoa, Ron Paul. I didn't know we were going to get political all of a sudden. <laughs> I didn't know we are going to get political talking about Nazis for three hours. Thanks, everybody, for listening. That is part one of our Hitler's Plan podcast. Stay tuned because next week we'll be releasing part two of Hitler's Plans. Until then, please go to iTunes and, and rate us. Five stars is great. We currently have 68 ratings. The next one can be the 69th, which means <laughs> you get basically 69 with Gene's Micro. Uh, and, or if you want to call us to talk about um, how excited you were that we did a Nazi show, call our hotline, 413-225-1963, email us, insidejobscast at gmail.com, or you can always follow us on Twitter, at InsideJobsCast. We'll Wait, see you can, next Brian, can I, can I do the button this time? Sure. Follow the Reichsmarks. <laughs>